Welcome to the show. Welcome to Staying in Trouble with Eric Humes and Adam Short. You, We are always glad you tune in and listen to us. Thank you for your support. And this episode is always brought to us by Rooftop Realty. Rooftop Realty, go visit them at VegasRooftop.com. They are open and here to help. They are still showing homes. They are selling homes. They are buying homes. They are doing, they are busy. They're, they are in full swing. So if you have any realty questions, you want to sell your home, you want to buy a new home, you want to do anything with the home, give Eric or his staff a call or go visit them at VegasRooftop.com and you'll be able to get any information and contact them. But we appreciate their support. We, we appreciate all of you for listening in. So thank you very much. So one of my buddies went to the bar the other day. One of my single buddies wanted to go there, kind of meet a companion, meet a lady. And he did. He went there, met a very pretty lady, shared some drinks, had a good time, and decided to take it a little bit further. And he took her back to his place. Well, as they started getting hot and heavy, he realized that this woman was packing more equipment than he was. And he realized that things are not always what they appear, that this pretty woman ended up being a man. Those are the challenges we face today, especially single and trying to date. So when you're into the market of a new cooler, man, you can go find a cooler anywhere. You can go to Walmart. They got coolers, kind of cheap. And they're even blue. But if you want a real cooler, you need to do your research. Go visit bluecoolers.com. Check them out. And put your money on something that is going to last. That is the real legit cooler. That's going to keep your stuff cool. That's going to last a long time. That's going to handle the outdoor living. You're going to, if it falls out of your truck, if it falls out of your trailer, if it, if your kids drop it down the Rocky mountain or whatever the case may be, that cooler is going to last. You drop it in the river. It's going to just float on down until you catch it again. So go visit bluecoolers.com. They got the coolers that they, you need. They got the real legit thing and you, you know what you're getting. It's straight up front. So Go ahead, check them out at bluecoolers.com. We appreciate their support for this podcast. So go check out bluecoolers.com. Welcome again to the show. This is Staying in Trouble with Adam Short and Eric Humes. And we're going to bring you another fantastic episode. But we just want to remind everyone now that we have a lot of episodes out there. If you can, you, you can catch us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Go check us out. Listen to some of our past episodes. We have some fantastic episodes. We talk about health and fitness. We talk about mental health. We had a certified therapist on. We had a financial advisor on. We've had baseball players on. We've had... Um, some great individuals with fantastic stories, an MMA fighter, all of these wonderful episodes. So please go back, check out some of our old episodes. They are fantastic material, great content, and I know that you will definitely enjoy it. We are going to keep spitting out more and more contact, having wonderful guests in our studio, 
and we are going to continue to grow. But we definitely want you to go check out some of our older episodes. We have some great ones out there. So go back and check us out. And please um, hit subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a message, please, that helps us grow and support us. You can always catch us on Facebook and Instagram or send us an email. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we need to do better. And we, we have some thick skin. You know, we can take some criticism and we can try to grow into a better podcast that you will enjoy listening to. So go uh, check out some of our old episodes. Check us out on social media. And please leave us a message on iTunes so we can continue to grow. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your support. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust. And when you're up, it's never as good as it seems. And when you're down, you never think you're going to be up again. But life goes on. Remember that. Money isn't real, George. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. All right, we have Mike Bindrup in the studio today. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, Mike. Well, why don't you give us a little background? Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from and all that good stuff. Yeah, like you guys, I'm a I'm a I'm a native, Las Vegas native. You guys are Henderson natives, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, no, Eric. Oh, by the way, I I apologize. Eric is joining us via his truck on the highway. Is that correct? <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> he's he's remoting in on this episode. Uh, still doesn't miss a beat, but he is all over the place. But anyway, sorry, I'm Mike. Everywhere and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> Coming so. to you from his remote location in a bunker somewhere yeah, underground, yeah, right? surviving COVID. <laughs> is Eric? Yeah, yeah. So, so I was I was born and raised in Las Vegas. I went to Valley High School. Um, UNLV did my undergrad there. I started a small design company when I was in college. I studied communications, advertising, and I had a uh, minor in marketing. And uh, it was a good experience at UNLV, great program that we had. And so I started this little business. And the funny thing was I just went down to get my business license just randomly. And I I show up at, uh, and this is is pre, we had the internet, but like there was nothing there. Like you you couldn't use it very effectively. Slow. So, well, they did, we just didn't have info up there. It wasn't yeah. like you could use it. Um, so I went down to Clark County, and I stood in line at the business licensing place, got up to the front, and they said, oh, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong spot. You need to go to the state. And I'm like, where's that? And they directed me to the building on Washington Avenue, across from Cashman Field. So I went down there and stood in line again and got to the front, and they said, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong spot. You need to go to the city. Oh, wow. And so then I went to the city, and I stood in line at the city, and the same thing happened. The city said, you need to go to the county. And I said, uh, you know, I got frustrated. I went home. So the next day in class, I asked my uh, professor. I said, I'm just trying to be compliant and start a business, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my license like you're supposed to. Yeah. I can't even do this. How do I do this? And he said, you need to go see the Small Business Development Center. And I said, what's that? I've never heard of that. And he goes, oh, it's a free service uh, through the state that helps you start a business. So I said, okay. So I went down and I got a, I got a business advisor and he literally gave me a punch list, do this first, second, third, fourth, you know, and I did it and got licensed and that was it. Just met with him a couple of times. So uh, years later, I ended up working with the Small Business Development Center. It was kind of funny. And uh, so I was able to, uh, you know, 
be on the other side of the desk per se, but uh, it was kind of okay. a cool thing. So anyway, yeah, uh, so I ran an ad, I started a small design company, merged it a couple of times over the years, and I had a, a small uh, advertising agency that I ran here in town. I had eight employees at our largest, and it was a good experience, did everything from, I published my own magazine to, we started in on the digital products, website design, email marketing, as well as large format printing, a lot of trade show work and things like that. But uh, uh, real estate market got really hot at one point uh, here, yeah. as we all remember. Oh, right? yeah. And I did a lot of work for the home building industry, and I found myself in the middle of a uh, of a project in North Las Vegas in the Aliante area that they'd kind of dredged a road in and put some flags up, and there was generator power. And... Uh, I was hanging some temporary displays in a trailer, uh, you know, that was in the middle of nowhere. And literally, I walk out the door in the morning. I wasn't really paying attention. And there was 100 people in line going to the desert, out in the desert. And they were, they were literally um, all waiting to buy houses. And they had cashier's checks in hand to buy houses. And so they start rolling out the, uh, you know, the uh, bingo uh, bingo ball type thing for the oh, lottery yeah, yeah, system. Yeah. And they're megaphoning. Everybody get in line. And I said... Oh, there's something wrong. This is not, this shouldn't be happening. We were kind of the tip of the sword because we used to create the marketing materials for the builders and we used to publish the prices in their, in their brochures. And then all of a sudden it was like, don't publish the prices anymore. We'll just put a hand sheet in. So go ahead and print the hand sheet up for us. We'll just put it in. Well, then it was just leave them blanks because we're going to fill it in. And then you know, when you're starting to see stuff just go crazy like that. So I went home and, you know, I talked to my wife at the time and she's, she's like, wow, this is crazy. I said, maybe we should put the house up for sale. And so we did. And things sold and I ended up selling the business. Uh, well, I didn't sell the business. I sold all my equipment and ended up going to business school at that time in Arizona. So I, I have a, I have an MBA in global business management from the Thunderbird School of Business in Arizona. And that took us traveling internationally, lived in uh, Mexico, lived in uh, France and also in Switzerland. I had an internship uh, for CERN, the European Organization for Nuclear Research in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, How long did you live there? I lived there about nine months. Yeah, so oh, yeah? it was a cool, really cool experience. That? Yeah, it was great. I didn't speak French at all, so I got dumped in on my head and uh, had yeah. to kind of sink or swim. But uh, it was a great experience. There's probably 6,000 people that work at CERN. They created the world's largest machine. It was the Large Hadron Collider where they would uh, smash matter. Like, I know nothing about physics, right? So I got this gig at this high-energy particle physics lab. And I was like the stupidest guy at CERN because everybody's got a double PhD in like molecular, wow. you know, astrobiology and, uh -huh. and geometric, whatever, uh, high energy physics. And I'm like, hey, I'd never had a physics class like in school ever. <laughs> and so here I am, I'm communicating. Uh, I was working with Intel Corporation. I was communicating Intel's role at CERN with, uh, with what they were doing to their constituents. So it was, it was really a pretty cool thing. And Intel was capturing data that came off these experiments. And it, it's, it's literally where the World Wide Web was invented was at CERN, like in the oh, building wow. I worked. I worked in IT communication. So great experience. I was supposed to stay over there and, and start a, a new new position with Intel. However, they had a hiring freeze at the time, worldwide hiring freeze. And uh, so my work authorization ran out, had to come home. So oh, wow. that's kind of the bummer of it. But when I got home, I, uh, I started consulting. I've been a college professor uh, adjunct for about 13, 14 years. Started teaching at uh, a couple different art schools here in town because of the design stuff that I, that I worked with them. Uh, 
on a couple of different projects. And so they were like, hey, come teach with us. Mm-hmm. And I've also been an adjunct professor at UNLV as well. And then I found myself uh, working with the Small Business Development Center at the university. And it was it was pretty cool to be on the other side of the desk, like I said, because they helped me start my business, then I can help them with, with other stuff. But over the last uh, 13 years, I've had over 10,000 small business clients. I've able, been able to assist and help in every aspect of starting, forming, even closing businesses. And so it's been it's been pretty good. And right now, uh, my current position, I work for the University of Nevada, Reno um, as a as a data. uh, I do data, economic data research for um, mostly projects for the different counties in the state, Mm -hmm. help them give uh, politicians better tools for them to use what they're doing. But right up until COVID hit, we have a uh, business development uh, arm of what we do at extensions, the office of it, or the college of extension from UNR that's down here. They, they, they work in every part of the state. And so we help people out with, uh, with economic development needs. And so one of the big things that hit what, where we developed recently was a series of town halls for small business people due to COVID and helping them cope with COVID and move that. So we do those every Wednesday at 9am in English and we do it at 2pm in Spanish. Oh, which wow. is uh, okay. is, is quite tough, you know. As, as you know, podcasting's hard, right? Oh yeah. You know, doing it in Spanish is even harder. You know, I, I speak <laughs> Spanish fluently, but uh, and I, I can get by in Italian and French. I you know from from living abroad, but it's uh, it definitely makes you think in a whole different way. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, so. I struggle with English. <laughs> English is hard most most days of the week. Yeah, I Eric, know Eric struggles with English too, right? Well, no, it, it, Eric likes to point <laughs> yeah. out my stuff. <laughs> Last <laughs> night, I couldn't spit out a word to save my life. <laughs> but it, uh, anyways, um, so did, did the University of Nevada, Reno, did they know you worked at UNLV? And they were oh, yeah. all right with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, <laughs> well, when I, got, jab. <laughs> I got hired at the Small Business Development Center. What was funny is uh, the SBDC, Small Business Development Center, it's a statewide program. The lead office is out of UNR. And I worked for the southern office that was at UNLV. Oh, yeah. And then at one point, they hired me directly to work for UNR at UN, still housed in the South here. So oh, okay, gotcha. I, had, I had the big N on the business cards and I'd hand them to people and they would tear the N off. Some people tear the yeah, N yeah, off. Yeah, go, yeah. We're rebel fans. I'm like, look, man, I'm an alumni. Okay. <laughs> I live here. We're all the that's, same, same team, same team. You know? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's interesting. So, so my office is right down so the street. Mike, actually, we're on uh, windmill in the two fifteen. Oh, yeah. okay. Hey Mike, let's jump into like, what, what, what do you define as a small and pop? Because I, I, I hear a lot of small businesses from dentists, from even doctors, from, you know, on the medical side to, you know, got, you know people who own, like, maybe an ice cream shop or own a subway mm-hmm. or, you know, on the business side, you know, and obviously as the owner of myself of a couple of small businesses, you know, what kind of resources are you guys putting out there? So you got this town hall, yep. like, or what do you see? Like, what what do you see? What do you see going on with like statewide in our in our state, especially with our state being you know a historically independent state, a little bit more rough and you know rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what do you what's your beat on everything that's going on right now with these small businesses? Well, I think it was interesting, and, and it's it's a good point, Eric, that what is the definition of a small business? And traditionally, it's been any business that has 500 or less employees 
and less than 50 million in revenue is still considered small by the federal government. That can scale up depending on the type of industry because if you're a construction company or one where you outsource a lot of your services or your contracting, it can be even higher than that. So, I mean, the definitions are varied. And you saw this early on. There were some companies that applied for the PPP loan program that were publicly traded companies that have less than 50 million in revenue, you know, and uh, it, it was it was kind of interesting and, and it was kind of a public debacle. They had to give the money back because it was kind of like a black eye. You know, here we are, we're oh, trying to fund sure. small businesses and we ran out because you guys uh, you guys took a took a took a thing early on, you know. So I think it's uh, that's generally de- the definition. Most of our businesses here in Nevada, I think it's like 90, 95 percent are small businesses. So if you go over the 500 employees, you think there's not very many people that have 500 employees. I mean, just in general. So most every business is considered small. Um, what traditionally happens is, and this has been, you know, absolutely unprecedented what we've we've had occur. Normally, in economic conditions or turndowns, there's there's generally some areas that stay more fluid than others. Some areas stay stay more vibrant. Like we got hit particularly hard you know, with the recession that hit, right? Other parts of the country were virtually unaffected. You know, North Dakota and oil sands projects were just humming right along during that time, whereas we took a major, we had like one of the zip codes in Aliante was probably the highest uh, foreclosure rate in the country at some point. And so, yeah, it's 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 been interesting to kind of see that. But now with, with, with COVID, everybody across the board got affected. And we see in multiple countries, and everybody had just a global shutdown. And, and the economy was humming along pretty well. I was talking with somebody about this yesterday and just saying that, uh, you know, uh, economics-wise, we were doing pretty well. I think our interest rates probably should have gone up a little bit. That was probably the only thing. And we had maybe some inflation that we were looking at, but it was an election year. And, you know, that's usually kept in check on purpose to make sure we smoothly transition uh, governance uh, on, a, on a federal level. But... Um, Everybody likes to keep stuff as stable as possible during an election cycle, which I figured after that we'd have a little inflation or whatever. But nobody could have predicted that it would have hit this hard and that so many businesses would have been affected. I mean, I, I, I say every business is affected. So what, what happened, Eric, is we were, you know, after all this this happened, and I was one of the first workers that, uh, that, was, sent, that was sent home because we had somebody in the office who was exposed to somebody who thought had COVID. And so she came to the office and said, I think I've exposed you all. And this is the first week in, in March. So we had a we, we, we all got sent home. Go home yeah. 14 days, quarantine, let's all start working from home, which we started to do. And a funny thing happened as this stuff started really coming about, I started getting phone calls, like lots of phone calls. Every day I was getting you know, a dozen phone calls from clients I haven't seen in years to clients that, you know, friends, family, whatever. And, you know, I was telling Adam, I'm like, I'm getting calls from people saying, Mike, I'm on the floor in the fetal position. What do I do? I can't like, I'm depressed. Oh, yeah. I can't get up. Mike, I'm drinking five times the amount I normally drink. I'm like, I'm, I'm just out there. Or what do I do? My business just got closed. We're non-essential. Like, what do I do? I don't, I don't, I've always worked. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Uh, can I get this PPP loan? What's this, what's this other product, the idle program? What is that? I don't even know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. The, I think the federal response to this has been, uh, you know, 
actually really pretty good, all things considered. Federal government doesn't move so fast, right? We, no. We, no, we administer no. stuff through the states. And, yeah. you know, the SBA does not loan money. That's, that's, a, that's a fallacy I think a lot of people have. The U.S. Small Business Administration funds programs on the local level so that they can help small businesses. The Small Business Development Center is one. A SCORE is another organization that does free counseling. The Women's Business Centers are another one. So all those together are offering free consulting and helping people. The only time the SBA loans money directly is during a federal disaster. And so if there's been a flood or a hurricane tornado and it wipes your business out, they'll issue the loans directly, which they started doing with the idle loans, which were the emergency loans. Uh That quickly got exhausted and Congress had to step in and, uh, and appropriate money very quickly for the PPP program, which I thought was a, a, a great option instead of, Instead of letting the federal government create another whole entity within the federal government to take care of this, they literally said, keep, people who are on payroll, keep them on payroll, and we'll give the business owners the money to give to them. So we keep them working. So you're either on payroll and with the PPP getting paid or you're on unemployment. You know, And so I think their response has been pretty good. SBA has processed, uh, I think it was over 9,000 loans here in uh, southern Nevada. So, I mean, that's a crazy amount of loans, you know, and they've had to do this and ramp all this up on a federal bureaucratic level yeah, within, yeah, you know, sure. six weeks, which has been kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, they had some problems this week on the portal. They reopened. They got money reappropriated. Uh, we had Saul Ramos, who is the deputy district director from the SBA. He's been on our he, he comes on our show and our shows every uh, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Um, you can go on our website's extension, uh, e, slash bizdev, B-U-S-D-E-V. And we'll definitely put a link in the bio yeah, thank for you, all that. Thank you. And so we, you go on there and we have a zoom video conference. We also stream it live to Facebook at the same time. And we bring on the SBA. We've had on uh, Marcel Sheriff. who's the, uh, uh, the deputy director of the Nevada division of business and industry. And he's talked about, you know, stuff where we can help. We, we talked about businesses pivoting last week, uh, how to retool things for when things come about, because there's, there's, there's a big change. Your, your customers have changed, right? And where you're accessing your customers have changed. So you need to change your offerings, whether it's how you do the sales process. Are your customers still the same customers? I mean, that's a big question right now. Uh, Governor just in his press conference last night just opened up retail sales on a limited basis in the state. So you can have pickup service now from different places. Malls are still closed, but uh, certain shops are open. But you have to be able to order online, pay online, and then... And then go pick it up if you want. And you can't touch the product either. That's the other rule. You have to pull up in your car and they have to put it in your car. And I'm like, that's a tough one. How many small businesses are set up for that? Like nobody. I mean, no, no. Nobody. It's, it's crazy. I, I heard an interview with uh, the CEO of Friday's Restaurant, right? TGI Friday's, as it used to be called. Um, and he said they normally did, you know, pre, pre-COVID, they did about 13% of their business nationally uh, was, was takeout, right? He said, we've doubled that now. We're doing 26% takeout. He said, but we're not set up to be a takeout restaurant. It's yeah. just, we have all this real estate. We have rent we have to pay. This is, this is a major, major issue. And, you know, I'm, I'm of the belief, you know, we, we, have, we have to, you know, flatten the curve, which I think we've done by staying home from, you know, stay home for Nevada. That's been a big, 
push, but at the same time, with small businesses not opening, it causes a variety of other externalities that are going to occur. I mean, I, I talked to somebody with the state just the other day, and they were telling me how many uh, restraining orders are, are being filed, like on a weekly basis now, because of domestic abuse issues. Oh, right? yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, you love your family, right, until you have to be with them 24-7. Well, uh, we had a certified <laughs> therapist come in here, and he sat down and talked about the same thing. And he said there's a lot of people out there that probably is struggling with some marriage issues or family issues. And now since you have to stay home, those issues have gone or exactly, you know, huge. And you may not have thought you had marriage issues. And, and now, now you, you, do. you realize you do. It would be funny <laughs> to see how many divorces are filed in the next six months. Yeah, that's... Uh, or a baby boom. Or One a baby of the, boom. Yeah. I don't know about the baby boom. I think there I was too know. much I, stress, right? You I, know, I think there's too if, much. In the animal kingdom, if they don't have enough food or if there's a fire that comes in and wipes stuff out, there's not a baby boom you know, in, in that aspect. And I, I think there's, there was just so much uncertainty that was happening now. So, so I got a question. The mm-hmm. people that you've been helping that's trying to start their own business before COVID, so before that, this all happened, that they're in the process of getting loans and they got a good business idea and they got their plan ready to go and then COVID drops. Yeah. What's the future for them? What's going to happen with that group of people that are really trying hard to start their own business? Has that rug completely been pulled from under them? Yeah, I think currently it has. I think the rug's gone at this point for those that are trying to start. Um, If you have a business where you don't have to be in front of somebody, definitely for a brick and mortar, you know, it's really hard to get uh, permits filed now and it's hard to get, you know, inspections done, especially if you're deemed uh, non-essential and you're closed. It's, mm-hmm. it's, that's a really difficult situation. Almost impossible. Almost impossible. And I think they're just going to have to wait it out to see what happens with the reopening of everything. Now, if you have a business, say you're a, uh, say you're a web designer or something like that, absolutely get on, get your website built. You know, what we're telling our clients now is... Uh, this is the time to plan and and make sure your business operations, your strategies are sound. Get on social media. We, we did a we did our classes this week. We're on our town halls. We're on social media, and uh, we had uh, Nicole Taylor Sharp from the Lev Agency mm-hmm. or uh, Lev Social came on, and she gave a bunch of tips and tricks about uh, promoting yourself through social media. And she had some pretty unique content. And uh, you know, there's there's some different people doing different things out there now. Uh, with social distancing and been creative and it, and it, and it really works. So we had a photographer on yesterday and the photographer said, how do I even promote myself when I used to shoot events? Like there's no events. Yeah, for sure. And we're like, it's, it's not the point that you're not going to be shooting events right now. It's, it's, it's changed, but you can start sharing information or at least telling people, Hey, I love shooting your events. I can't wait to get back out there and shoot events when we're live again. You know, yeah. I think I think that's uh, that's what's important is make sure to communicate with your clients, make sure to communicate with your customers, make sure they know you still love them. You make sure you yeah, know you know yeah. that they know that, that I'm still here. You're still I, I there. haven't gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'll be around when you guys are around. You know, and I think uh, actually I saw a commercial on TV the other night for Uber, and it and it shows nothing but people social distancing. And there's like a funny scene where it shows a dog eating the toilet paper. And the people are like, no, don't eat the toilet paper, right? And, and grandmas and grandpas and kids, and they're literally touching the window. One's yeah, inside I the house, one's that. outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the very end, it says, thank you for not riding with us, Uber. Interesting. So they paid to have a commercial that said, thank you for not using us. 
which I thought was fascinating. I don't think I've ever seen a commercial like that. I think that would be a hard marketing sell. If I was Uber's yeah. marketing team, if I was their agency and I said, hey, I got a terrific idea. Tell, why don't we tell people thank you? Why don't we spend $20 million right now? And we're going to tell people thank, thank you, you for, you for not, not riding with us. Because nobody wants to take an Uber right now. But, but with that in the back of their mind, when things open up, the chances of people leaning more towards Uber than Lyft or another way of transportation will be Absolutely. much greater. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, Eric, that's kind of the state of things right now is if you if you're in business and, and you've 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 been open. I mean, and I, I've talked to the, I talked to a variety of people. Some people are open business as usual, just about uh, others. There's contracts that have been canceled that they had other ones. They're they're deemed or if you're tied to a casino. You're in trouble right now, you yeah, know. For um, sure. Like, let's say you own a restaurant; it's in a food court at a casino. You're you're dead in the water. You can't. There's yeah. no. There is no. You can't out. even do pickup. Mm -mm. Yeah. But still, if you're open, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Mike. So give us some give us some stats. Like, what is the state thinking? Like, when it comes to small business, like, what are they predicting? Uh, like, are they predicting like bankruptcies? What? Are they are is the state trying is the state trying to do anything innovative? <clears throat> a lot of times, the information we get from the state is like really like generic, and go see this or go see that, and, and so for a, a lot of small business owners, are back in that same the same you know dog uh, you know chasing the dog's mm -hmm. tail like you that you know you started on you know two decades ago. Yeah. Like, what is the state's like game plan? going forward to say like besides the town halls like what else you know what else can can a small business owner do besides reach out to his bank and hope that his loan application someday gets gets approved yeah. versus you know or that harvard you know gives a little bit of money back and mm -hmm. for the little guy is you know what like what other resources we talk about the town hall like what questions are being asked to the SBA that would help a small business owner listening today? Like give us, give us like the five top tips that keep coming up that you guys have discussed so far in the town hall. Okay, good, good. I, I think first and foremost is there's been a ton of questions and this is why we have the SBA guy on every week is there are still questions about the PPP program. It's, it's new to everybody. It's not like this has been around forever and we have experts on it. So uh, it's, a, it's a matter of, you know, they, the information changes almost daily that comes out from them. Uh, this week we had uh, several banks reported starting Monday when it opened up for funding. There were banks that had thousands of applications that were backed up that were processing them all at once. It literally crashed the system within the first hours of the day. And East Coast time hit, and it was crashed. The system crashed even before we woke up. Mike, it, was actually, it was actually four minutes, not hours, actually. It was four, it was at, yeah, uh, the before the our business day started. At 1030, yep. and the crash at 1034. So. And I heard from clients that their bank told them, I only processed five applications today because it kept crashing and kicking us out. Tuesday, I heard one bank say we only got 10 applications put in. And these are community lenders. That's what that's who was supposed to be getting in the door on this stuff. So so I think from that aspect, this that's not a state issue. A lot of these are federal issues that were coming down. And, uh, you know, as far as far as as far as what we're hearing, that's the first and foremost. People are concerned about the money. Right. Second thing is people are concerned about um, the plan for reopening. Right. And the governor spoke yesterday. 
Uh, I have to say I wasn't – he, he kind of said he didn't plan – we're in phase zero right now. He said he's only planned through phase one. There's no f- total plan. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it was really – like I was listening to the press conference waiting for guidance, and it wasn't there. And I was really disappointed that that had happened. So I know, you know, from the governor's perspective, if he opens the state too quickly, he doesn't want, you know, a lot of people dead. He doesn't want dead Nevadans. None of us want that. But at the same time, uh, the longer we stay closed on a lot of different things, it it adds to social problems. Like we said, you know, uh, there's abuse issues. There's this, there's that, there's self-esteem. You know, the suicide rate will go through the roof. I don't know how many I don't know how many small business owners can take 60 days closed with no revenue and have them go, okay, we're going to survive this just fine, right? Yeah. Um, and we're going to be longer than 60 days closed for some types of businesses. That's, that's just going to be the truth. And people are still going to get sick and die from this, from COVID uh, during the process. But we have to start functioning in, in, a, in a way. And I, w- I would have liked to have seen more of a, an established plan from the governor for that. So we're all waiting and hearing the news just like we all do when we watch the press conferences. Uh, I know on the federal level, uh, the president has rolled out and said, this is what we want to see in the different phases. So that seems a little more thought out. I almost wish the states would get on board, but states have rights and they're going to do what they feel is in the best responsibility to do, which trickles down to our, our county and cities too. So uh, we're going to have to abide by that type of stuff. But uh so I think that's number two is, is what's the plan for reopening? Number three, I think, is people and their businesses, they've asked a lot of questions um, about how do I change? Like we always talk business planning and things like that. We taught a class last week on the business model canvas, which is kind of a visual way to kind of lay out your business and see what your model is. There's a lot of businesses that need to pivot. And I, in my personal opinion, I think we're going to have a lot of business closures uh, just because even after the after the PPP money runs out and they open up, I don't know how many businesses are going to be able to weather the storm after three to six months. You know, what I mean, it's a, it's a really hard recovery. So I think there will be uh, there could be a lot of personal bankruptcies. Uh, you know, I don't know how people are paying their uh, their their lease payments. I think I'm concerned about that. I have talked to a lot of different apartment uh, owners that own apartment buildings and. Uh, companies that, that take in rents and actually rent collection was, was pretty on last month. I was surprised. Yeah. They're, they're almost everybody paid their rent last month. I think, I think Eric said the same thing. Didn't you have a, a, a higher percentage of uh, people paying their rent, Eric? Yep. That, that's, that's yeah. So we saw 80% of our tenants pay their rent, but May is the big one. May is what will really, you know, and today's May 1st, Yep. And so that's what we're really worried about is May because they, you know, it, it, it was, it, you know, the shock wave, it, it's kind of like a tsunami, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and tsunami hit on the other side of the globe. And then all of a sudden, then you have to deal with the, the shock wave that actually comes through. Yep. And when that comes through, you know, that's what causes the damage. And, and so, you know, this shockwave started in the middle of March, but now here we are in May 1st, and now it's going to hit the coast. Yeah. And that's what's going to be, 
completely interesting to see, okay, how do we deal with this shockwave? Because, you know, beyond what we call essential businesses, like there, and there's a clash right now. You know, if, if you're a landlord and you depend on that income, you're, some of those landlords, and not just for our business, uh, you know, just our agency, I should say, but others too. If you're, if you're a landlord that depends on your rental income, whether it be commercial or residential, and you have tenants not paying it, then you're out. Yeah. And yeah. there's no repercussions, right? You may not get your, your, your repercussion for six months, mm-hmm. nine months, you know? And, and, and so we've yet to see all the trickle down actually come through. And, and so we're, we're expecting here in May to actually see that shockwave or that ripple actually it, hit the It's the, the tip of the sword. It'll be the tip of so, the sword here in May. I think by the 15th, you guys will have some idea of how bad it'll get. I, I was talking with a landlord last night, and uh, she said they were offering a cash discount if you paid your rent uh, before the 1st. And she said we had, uh, I think it was like 65% of residents t- took advantage of it. Uh-huh. So they, they tabulated, they said, hey, we're giving them, I've, let's just say 100 bucks off per, per unit or whatever. And they said they had a certain amount of people that paid. The, the flip side of things is the ones that didn't pay last month, you know, they're going, on, they're going to go on two months not paying because, and the reason they didn't pay is they've been completely displaced from their job. Either they were connected to, if you, if you worked in the casino or something like that, yeah. um, you're on unemployment and you're, or if you're connected to a well, job. Well, the first the few weeks in, in April, I think some of the businesses were actually paying their employees to stay yep. home. Yep. So some of the casinos were paying it, but I think by now, like what Eric's talking about, it ran out. that's running out. Yep. So, so then May is going to be the the real brutal month because no one's going to have the money. People will choose to probably buy groceries or buy some of the essential stuff and not pay some of these other bills. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I, I don't know, like I said, the social problems, that's been a whole thing that we, we haven't talked a lot about. Our, our, our town hall next week is on, uh, it's self care for the small business owner. And so we're going to bring in people to talk about some coping strategies for for you and your business. I mean, uh, yeah. Hey, Mike, if you guys need some uh, tips and tricks, uh, you know, we had uh, Josh Silito uh, on our podcast just to address those same issues. I'd love to have him come in. He'd be great. As as something necessary. Okay. And you know what? He really delved into some issues that, you know, uh, last week it was in a report to just a venture down that there was a CFO who committed suicide. Yep. Uh, and I think it was in, uh, California mm-hmm. and he was a gentleman in his mid mid forties, no signs of mental illness, no signs of depression and ended up taking his life. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, last night we had, you know, we had Hemlock on a Henderson local band, and that was one of the things that, uh, you know, th- that their band has focused on is mm-hmm. the effect of suicide and, you know, the possibilities that, you know, how that, you know, has long-lasting ramifications. And, and so, you know, in myself being a business owner, the stress, of not only providing for my family, but how can I provide for 
my employees' family, how can I take care of others around us, it, it is daunting at times. And, exactly. You know, and then you, you, you factor in, you know, less recreation, less opportunities to deal with, to manage your stress, and it only compounds the issue. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd like to see the state both come up with, you know, it is kind of sad. I, you know, one of the things now that we're talking about it is, is we are getting these federal directives, but it does seem like, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of the control is actually with the state. Mm-hmm. And, and it does feel like, you know, and just as the sentiment from the business community that I, that I get, and that I come in, uh, that I talk to on a regular basis, six feet apart, is, you know, there, we don't get a lot of, uh, like you said, we don't get a lot of directive Mm-mm. on the state side. And, and we get a lot of generalities. Instead of quoting, hey, we've got this many cases, and we're looking at, you know, when it, when it, you know, let's define what is phase one, what is phase zero, what is phase two, what is phase three? And so there's not a comprehensive plan to help us out. Yeah. You know, that also, that also begets a lot of problems with, you know, with small business because as a small business owner, you can't, you know, you talk about making plans or changing audiences. In, in some cases, you don't know what to change because you don't know what, you know, what there will be to even it's a moving you know, target right now. That's the hard part. Yeah. And, and so. yeah, yeah, t- totally. And I, you know, I think it's funny if you, if you feel like you're depressed, right? Ever, you kind of feel like you're isolated. You're the only person that's depressed. One thing for sure is during this crisis, we have all gone through some sort of depression or some sort of anxiety over this. I was talking with someone the other day and they, they just said, they said, I was having heart attack, like, panic attacks. I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah. And they, they were like, I had to realize it was a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack before. But the amount of us not sleeping at night is sick. Like, well, and, and, and I'm stressed and our normal routine. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a routine kind of guy. I like setting my schedule up and I am so out of whack with the gyms close yep. with other things close and then trying to work in sc- schooling, schooling for my kids at, oh my at home gosh. that I'm not very good at to start with. And so it, it's, it, yeah, it's definitely, it, we've all been through some of the crazy emotional roller coaster yeah. uh, of this COVID. Now, on the positive side of things, the sun came out finally, so we're swimming now. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I go swimming every day. It's great. Yeah. I bought a bike. I'm like riding a bike around, and people are pretty, people are getting active. They're outside, and that's kind of a nice thing. It's, it's nice to go take a walk, uh, help reduce stress. But I think a lot of people went through a lot of anxiety. I was hearing, you know, people tell me they hadn't showered in four days, right? You, you got to keep somewhat of a you schedule. You got to keep a schedule. You got to go outside every yes. day. You got to get sunlight. Still act like a human. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, or, or, and, and also have communication with other people. You know, uh, use social media. Social media is great to kind of do that. I've been playing a ton of guitar. It's been great. Um, I started like recording me playing and singing and, and putting that out on social media. It scares the crap out of me, but I. Hey. Mike, just, you know, we brought that up to Hemlock last night. They're looking for another guitarist. And I said, oh, we've got this guy. You know, oh, awesome. Single, ready to mingle, and can light it. it oh, yeah, I'm totally it, ready. It light, I'm totally the, ready. <laughs> light the jam up, 
He is ready. Get hey, if Hemlock wants me to play with him, I'm all there. I, I would I would love the opportunity to do that. <laughs> we'll have to put that together. Yeah, yeah. You guys could – come on. Work your magic. You know what's sad with them is they uh, – they're supposed to be in Europe right now, and obviously it got canceled. But they pre-shipped a lot of their equipment, and it's sitting oh, over there right now. See, that kills you. And, and they don't even have the equipment to play. Chad, he said he's been writing a lot of stuff and writing a lot of new material and trying to stay pretty active with mm -hmm. that and connecting with their fans. And they were really excited to come on the show, and we went live so they can connect with their fans. But uh, but yeah, they don't they don't even have their instruments. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I was watching on Instagram uh, when this first started – and I love the band Coldplay, right? Uh -huh. And so Chris from Coldplay turns on the camera. It's like early morning in London. He's like, yeah, my kids are at my other house. We're separated. We can't travel right now. There's been this travel ban suddenly. And he goes, so I'm just, good morning. And uh, let me just play the little piano for you. So he starts playing piano. Oh, wow. And he starts playing and his voice is hoarse and he's screwing up. And he's like, okay, that's a little too early for that. Uh, let's play guitar. Let's do this. He was taking requests. And there's about a couple thousand people on watching him. And it was really endearing to see this professional musician who we all have probably bought his albums or seen him in concert for or sure. whatever. And he's just off the cuff doing it. And, and it was really, uh, I think, a way to connect to his fans. I was just like, wow, that was a great deep dive with him. And he was talking about, yeah, I guess, you know, he goes, uh, me and my, he goes, my buddy here is, is like the sound engineer. And he goes, we've been working apart in the house, like recording some things. And he goes, but in general, I just wanted to say hi to you guys and see how it's doing. Uh, another band, uh, Sammy Hagar and The Circle. So Sammy Hagar, uh, they've been playing a COVID hit every week where they all record separately. And then they bring it all together and play it. And Sammy doesn't know what they're singing half the time. And he has to, like, pick it up and record it. It's really fun, and it's, it's, been, it's been fun to watch. Well, see, so and that's good advice, like what you just gave your, your business owners, is continue to keep in contact with your customers. You, you know, let them know that you're still here. Yep. And social media is a good way of doing that. Absolutely. And, and with the time that you have, learn how to use social media better. Yes. Because, I mean, everyone can learn the ins and outs of Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and learning how to put better content out, connecting with yep. people, finding more new people out there to maybe when this all is done, they can amplify their business Absolutely. and they can make it grow. So, so give us some hope. Well, and if, uh, you're, if you were dragging like, your feet, right? Uh -huh. Great time. Hey, yeah. I, I should have set up that YouTube channel. Do it now. Get this set up, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I should have learned Instagram a little better. This is a perfect time to do that. It's a perfect time to get your website updated. Yep. It's a perfect time to get your marketing line because oh, you want hope? This too ends, right? Yes. There's an end in sight to this. We're starting to gradually open up now. Uh, life has changed in a lot of ways. You know, uh, it's going to be a little scary in the wintertime again when people start getting sick. But, you know, at least in Las Vegas here, it's it's – the weather's great. It's 100 degrees a day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Go outside, be be in the sun. That's great. Other places, you know, if you're in Seattle today, it's not quite the same feeling, you know. And uh, I, I don't, I don't know. So the hope is that this this ends, you know, this and this ends. ends. And then these businesses, the businesses that are struggling now, hopefully will be able to still stay afloat enough to not close their doors. But then people that are wanting to start new businesses, mm -hmm. hopefully this will be a good time 
when this ends to be able to market themselves and, and, jump in there. And, and jump in there. And this is a good downtime to educate yourself through social media, through other avenues, Absolutely. even taking a couple online classes. There's tons of them out there that, that you can really educate yourself. So when this comes back, we'll be able to, uh, it's a good thing to try to get back to normal. So a friend of mine, Bryce Krausman is the owner of, it's one of the owners of DW Bistro here in town. Uh-huh. And I'm on, I'm on social media with him and he started doing this really cool thing, uh, on, like he decided it was, he called it cooking with Bryce. So because they're still doing takeout, they're doing some stuff. And he said, he came on a couple weeks ago and he said, this is a cake we used to make every Sunday at home. And he was really simple to make. And here's how you make it. And he literally gave a quick cooking class on this cake. And then he started doing packages. So you could pay 20 bucks or so you go in, he's got all the ingredients for something and it's called cooking with Bryce. And then you pick it up on Saturday from him, curbside pickup. And then Sunday he cooks live on Instagram and you follow along cooking. What a great idea. Why couldn't he even been doing that before, right? We're yeah. too busy just in our normal stuff. Really some business owners really thought outside the box and it was really kind of cool to see their responses to this. So I, I think uh, I, I think the good thing we have on our side too is if you look at in economic terms, look at the Great Depression, right? The Great Depression, the 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 problems of the Great Depression was that people were people were uh, really riskily take, they were borrowing money to invest, which you shouldn't do, right? Yes. And there was a lot of speculation, then that caused problems that artificially inflated the market, then we had a crash, right? In the recession that we had, it was because there was a lot of people that were in homes that shouldn't have been in homes, right? A lot of people didn't have the credit to back that up. There was a lot of debt that was incurred in, in this time period that just wasn't sustainable. We didn't have any of those things. Those conditions are not there. The people who are in homes now should be in homes, right? You don't have bad credit risks in houses nowadays. That, that's been cured by the market's corrections. Our economy was moving along really pretty good. And I, I have the hope and the faith that, that stuff will come back quicker because of that. Right. It wasn't like we were on shaky grounds and then it happened. Mm-hmm. Then we'd yeah. be a mess for years and years and years. Yeah, this has changed stuff. But, hey, um, we were doing well before. And I think stuff will will come back. It's just that life has changed how we do things. That, that's it. And sometimes I, I've shared this story before, but I, I think it's really fitting now that sometimes it takes something great to shake your life up. And then you you're forced to make these decisions and you realize that you were able to do it. Uh, for instance, I had a good friend, he, he worked at a car dealership and he worked there for a long time. It was a great job, got paid well, good job. Uh, the recession hit 2008, the car people started laying off and he was, he was kinda, he was laid off, he lost his job. And he was forced to kinda like, oh, I gotta do something. Yeah. Well now he's, he went out, created his own business, still in the car business, uh, selling classic cars, rebuilding them, has his own shop in Boulder City, has grown big time, and he's made more money, and he's gotten 10 times bigger than if he would have stayed at Ford. Yeah. But if he would have never been laid off at Ford, it would he, have been a, he would have never been yeah. able to jump in that water and go for it. And sometimes in times like this, I think we're going to see a little bit of that where people may have lost their secure jobs and they like their secure jobs, mm-hmm. and then they're forced to like, sink or swim that Absolutely. that fight or flight type of a, a behavior and then they get out there they start their own business they start another kind of little industry for themselves and they realize man i i guess i should have been doing this all along yeah i really have the confidence to really grow and to make 
double the money I would have if I stayed in my own job. Exactly. So there's that silver lining that some people can really get out of their little comfort zone and for, or not get out, forced out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and really grow and become better. Yeah. Some, sometimes a catalyst like that really, really helps you to, to move on. And I've, I've talked to, you know, in, in the former clients that I've had, you know, I hear stories like, Hey, I got laid off from my job and I just didn't have anything to do. So I decided to go sell this thing and uh, my business took off and it was, it was yeah. great, you know, or I got in a fight with my business partner and I decided to form my own firm and now I'm doing 10 times the amount of sales that, that that's happening. So yeah. yeah, with crisis, there's always opportunity. And I think if you, if you just remember, this is, this is, this is an end. It's not the, uh, you know, yeah, life has changed for us, but at the same time, it's not everything. It's not everything. Yeah. I mean, we still have families. We still have people we care for. We still have uh, opportunities to serve and to help and to grow in the community. There's just some different opportunities that are going to present themselves. And I think Nevada as a state, we're very entrepreneurial. We're in the West, man. I mean, you know, people that yeah. settled the West were super entrepreneurial. We they left everything they knew. Let's move to the strange other country yeah. and and figure stuff out. And, and you know we're a nation of immigrants. We're a nation of of people that that take chances and try to uh, try to do uh, better with what they have in their life. That's why people come to the United States for a better life. They want to they want a better better life, better opportunities. You know, my grandparents immigrated to this country and they came here because. You know, there's better life. We want to get an education. There's opportunities that we didn't have in the old world, so we came here. And uh, you know, that's that's what we are. We're we're a nation of entrepreneurs, and we're going to be such moving forward. Yeah, I, I have I have hope in that. Uh, that that reassures me a lot. Talking to entrepreneurs this week, I'm hearing loans approved. I just was talking to one as I was coming in the building today. I was on the phone, and I just heard, "Hey, my loan got approved." Um, I got a bunch of questions about people and I've, you know, how how do I keep them on and how do I do this? And it's like, okay, you need to talk to your CPA. This is good. And it, it, that's a plug for CPAs, attorneys, tax advisors. You really need to have a team of people around you, real estate agents, right? Uh, I'll give Eric a plug even. How about that? Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah, don't, don't faint, Eric, don't faint. Right. You know, you, you need to rely on your experts in your life to kind of help you out just to bounce an idea off or whatever. Absolutely. Um, Use, use your network. We have social networks and how often do we, do we leverage those? I mean, really? Yeah. You really got to lean on people. If you, if you had to go out and leverage and find somebody, we used to do this all word of mouth. Sometimes we're hesitant to do it in social media or grazing. We're not taking a, a really deep dive into it. But, but you know, there's people that are out there that want to do business with you, that want to help you, that want to help stuff move forward. And uh, I, I, think, I think we're going to be in a better state than we think coming out of this. I think that the, the area of opportunity will be greater than the area of disaster that I we agree. think. I and agree. and uh, I think the, the big media is painting this horrific picture of, of, of what could happen or what they think is going to happen. And I don't really think that's true. I, I, I think the opportunity, people are resilient. They're going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. They're going to grow and, and they're going to do this. Yep. Man, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank this has you. been wonderful. And you know, the one thing I kind of want to say, Hey, Eric, you got anything? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, Mike, I appreciate you coming out. I, I think we would love to hear, have a little bit more integration with the town hall. There's so much uncertainty right now, and there's a lot of misinformation. Yep. That uh, and and that's actually the sad part is 
you know, that's why we wanted to be on today is to give out more information. Having misinformation or not having this plan going forward is it's got those dire consequences of more depression, more yep. anxiety, more uncertainty. And, but then it's also balanced out by like what you said, Adam, too, you know, where there's where there's chaos, there's opportunity. Absolutely. Right? And, and so on one hand, you got to say you got to buckle down and say, hey, there's going to be an opportunity. It isn't exactly how it was before, but we'll, you know, you got to figure it out. And, and that's like the same thing in my business, in my industry. What I've told people for years and why I tell agents when they start, I'm like, what's great about the real estate industry is don't worry. It's going to change in, in six months. In six months, it's going to be different. And, and lo and behold, it has. Like there's always different guidelines, different rules, different laws. And, and it changes things all the time. Different projects, different jobs, different factors. And, that's, and, and I think that that goes for most businesses as well. Yeah. So, yeah, Mike, we do appreciate having you on. Yeah, oh, for thank sure. you. Uh, you know, one of the top real estate investors. <laughs> one, of the, one of the top real estate investors that, that I've ever met, um, he made a fortune during the recession. And I had him come speak to one of my college classes. And I said, I said, what was it that flipped the switch for you to say, I'm not circling the wagons, I'm going for it. And yeah. he said, that, he said, I realized one day that the price of houses are not, is not going to go to zero. That's what he said. And I said, that's a very profound statement if you think about it. The prices were falling so quickly, everybody was cashing out. And he said, you know what? I went, it's not going to go to zero. It's going to come back. There's, yeah. there's no way it's going to like fall. It can't, it can't keep falling. It's got to stop at some point. And so he figured out in his head, if I buy X amount of houses, and he had, he had liquid cash. He said, if I buy X amount of houses and I can keep them rented, I can turn a profit in X amount of years, right? And at the worst case, I can sell them or if it comes back and whatever. And he killed himself to sell or he bought, he bought like 300 houses oh, wow. in a year. And so I said, like, how do you physically even do that? That's really, t he's like, you just camp out at the title company. You're, yeah, you're there right. all the time, right? But he, he turned a profit in that. But his whole premise was the cost of houses cannot go to zero. Right. It's yeah. not, not going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Eric, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be able to be here with you guys. And, yeah. and yeah, keep in mind our town hall is going to be next week, uh, 9am. We do it at 9am in English, 12, 2pm in Spanish. And, uh, the uh, web address to register for it via zoom, it's extension.unr.edu slash bizdev, B-U-S-D-E-V. And I'll put all the links in the bio, uh, email, uh, you'll be able to get a hold of Mike, and uh, I'll put it all down there. So go down there and, and hit that. Um, to sign off on the show, man, I, you know, something I felt like why we were talking with Mike and Eric, you know, I felt inspired that, you know, I want to encourage everyone that when this kind of lightens up and we get back to normal life to to support your small businesses. You know, those little restaurants that you always went to, make sure you go back there. If you're someone who are able to do that, and then these new businesses popping up, let's look local, let's support local, let's let's shop local, and let's help these small businesses out so they can grow and become uh, become better businesses and, and support your local community. We definitely appreciate everyone uh, supporting the podcast uh, to our sponsors and to everyone that's listening. Please hit that subscribe button again on iTunes and leave us a comment and uh, hit us up on email 
links are always in the bio. So thank you so much. Thanks, Eric, for uh, tuning in with us, wherever you are. From the bunker. Is he From go- the bunker. <laughs> yeah. Inder bunker. Well, wherever you are, be safe. <laughs> Take care of your family. And, thanks, Eric. And thanks again, Mike. Thanks, Adam.